We would like to welcome you to another episode of the Hope Podcast. I think if my addition is correct, this is episode number 24. And so we want to thank you for downloading this episode today and taking the time to listen. Uh, this episode is not being recorded at our undisclosed location that we often refer to because we have a special guest with us today. And his name is Bill Berger. Uh, Bill is from South Jersey, and he and his wife and family relocated, I guess, uh, a year or two ago, maybe two years ago. And uh, so, Bill, it is great to have you with us today via Skype. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, thanks for fitting me and, and us into your busy schedule there today. And uh, Bill, could you just tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and your family and where you are currently serving? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I was born and raised in the Philadelphia South Jersey area, so I'm a, a Philly boy, South Jersey boy, and uh, go Eagles, go Eagles! All all Philadelphia sports, Flyers. I'm a huge hometown fan, and uh, I was raised by my mom for most of my childhood. And uh, in, in those areas, we moved around a lot, but uh, mostly called South Jersey home. And uh, I, uh, at an early age, got connected to a church and fell in love with the youth ministry there. And that led to me working many summers at a Christian camp in southern New Jersey called Halawasa. And through that camp, that's where I eventually met my wife, uh, who I've now been married to for 11 years. And we have two wonderful children. Uh, a little girl, nine years old, and a little boy, five years old. And so we uh, were in New Jersey uh, for about 10 years uh, of our marriage. And about a, about a year and a half ago, we began a journey to follow God's calling into international missions, uh, working at a Christian high school in Quito, Ecuador, called Alliance Academy International. And that's where we are today. I know uh, right after you left and went there, you, the ground began to rumble under you and you felt earthquakes and there were threats of a volcano erupting. How are those things going? Things are going much better. Uh, we've had uh, consistent minor earthquakes. We actually just had one last night, um, but of, of a smaller nature. The, the volcano is doing well, uh, pretty uh Pretty calm at this point in time, but uh, it's much better than last year. We arrived uh, to Quito for the first time, and uh, about a couple weeks later, the volcano was erupting in small ways, and uh, we had a major earthquake at the end of last year um, on the coast of Ecuador, and uh, God was able to uh, involve us in providing some relief work there through um, a team of some of our seniors. And uh, it was just a, a great opportunity to minister to the people on the coast and uh, also work with our students here at Alliance. And so it's just, uh, it's been much calmer. Um, God's been able to provide some ministry opportunities through those circumstances. Um, but he has protected us and we are very well. Mm -hmm. Good. Very good. Now, could you just share with, share with us a little bit about what you and Becca are both doing there? Absolutely. Uh, so currently, I am serving in um, a few capacities here. Uh, my primary role is as the college and career advisor. And so I work with students to prepare them for life after high school. 
through the college application process, essay writing, searching for colleges and um, doing career assessments to determine where their giftings lie and how their personalities affect um, what jobs they may be good at and to try and align them with a potential future opportunity. And so from an educational perspective, working with them to prepare them for college and, um, and what their future may look like. And then from a missionary perspective, um, tying in what is God's purpose for you in this life and how has he gifted you to serve him um, and participate in the kingdom work that he has. And so kind of two worlds colliding there from a more educational perspective, but also a, um, a, a gospel perspective coming into that job. So that's my core responsibility. And then um, two other things that I participate in is um, student government. I'm the student government director this year. And so I work with uh, students that have interest in leadership, have interest in making their school a better place, uh, and investing in the student body. And so I, I work with uh, a team of sponsors who are faculty here at Alliance, and we use this program to not only teach leadership to students, but also to build relationships with them and have the opportunity to disciple them uh, through those um, close relationships in the sponsor-student um, arena. Um, and then the last thing that I'm involved in, which um, is a, a newer thing starting actually this Wednesday, um, my whole family's involved in it. Uh, Becca and the kids uh, do it with me. It's called Panda Vida, or um, the Bread of Life. And uh, it's a ministry that feeds um, less privileged kids uh, in the community here in, in Quito. And so it's uh, connected to our church, but also connected to our school. And we'll be uh, mentoring about nine of our seniors as they serve in that ministry and develop a plan of service as part of a, an at-large project that the Ministry of Education requires here in Ecuador. And so through uh, we'll work with the students and also work with um, the children uh, that the ministry serves uh, as a family. So, and my wife teaches preschool. Uh, so this is her second year as preschool teacher, and uh, she has about 14 students from various nationalities, uh, some kids that only speak Mandarin, uh, some kids that only speak Spanish, and a few kids that only speak English. And so um, through her program, she does a lot of English language learning and building relationships with these kids and their families. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like you all are quite busy there. And that's, yes. That's great. I remember <laughs> uh, we would meet and we're praying about the direction you all would, would go in, so... It's exciting to see what, what God has done. So, very good. Well, thanks again for taking the time today. Um, as you know, as we were talking uh, before we started uh, the actual podcast, um, the podcast is um, we try to provide stories of people who have uh, lost hope and then discovered it again. So, could you share with us a little bit about your journey and... Uh, how that happened to you and and what God did through that process. Absolutely. There was about a, about a year and a half to two year period of time uh, shortly after graduating from Philadelphia Biblical University where, um, where I experienced a sense of hopelessness. Um, uh, being a graduate uh, coming out of with a ministry degree and preparing to go into full-time ministry, uh, I was filled with a lot of excitement. Um, I had a mentality that I was prepared and 
I was ready to be used by God. And um, through years of already serving, um, you know, in Christian camping and um, various volunteer youth ministry capacities, uh, I was excited to step out and lead a ministry of my own. And so I was, I was hoping and I was waiting to see what God would bring before me. And, uh, and nothing came. Uh, we were uh, married for about two years at this point in time. And we had a newborn child that was just born. And, and kind of before me was no ministry opportunity. And I, I remember questioning, God, why, why all this education? Why all this previous um, involvement in ministry and this buildup in my heart of excitement and joy um, and desire to serve in ministry, to have nothing before me when I'm finally done my education and ready to step out into the world and begin to serve him. And so I, I wrestled with God on that. I questioned God on that for some time. And to make matters worse, I was working a, a, at a secular job, um, kind of doing a family trade that I'd grown up doing in roofing, siding, and windows. And I was a service technician for a window and door company. And it was a great job. It was you know putting food on the table, a roof over our heads, and providing for my family. And providing me the opportunity to continue to volunteer in various ministry capacities. But, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't uh, what I expected stepping out of college. And uh, as I was preparing for this buildup to launch into full-time ministry. And um, shortly, uh, about a year after taking that job, there was a crash in the economy. It was about 2008. And they laid off 15 of us. And I was one of the people to be laid off. And so now I'm, you know, if you can picture, I'm unemployed, I'm at home, I'm no longer providing for my family. We have this new baby, um, about a year old now. And my wife's going to work every day and I'm stay at home dad. And here I am still not serving in full-time ministry a year or so later. And so things seemed very hopeless for me. I was very depressed. I, with all that time that had passed, I, I thought maybe I misread things. Maybe God didn't call me to ministry. Um, and then that natural thought process began to lead into, maybe I'm not good enough for God. Maybe God can't use me. Um, what was I thinking? Why did I go to college for ministry? Why did I waste that time? And so things just began to unravel. Um, I was depressed. My, my life was a mess. Um, I stopped wanting to go to church. Um, I stopped wanting to pursue ministry positions. I stopped applying uh, and even trying to find positions because I kept hearing no and no and no. And that got too depressing, too hard to, to bear. And so I contemplated at that point uh, stepping away from full-time ministry and never pursuing it again and beginning to focus on more of a secular trade that I could do. Um, and it was just a very uh, hard time, a very difficult time. And my marriage was a mess. Uh, we fought all the time. We came to places where we tossed around words like divorce and separation and taking a break. And um, and so, you know, here we are in this situation where we have this new baby. There's seemingly no ministry positions that I'm good enough for would have in my future. And my marriage is falling apart. And it was definitely a time where I felt the most hopeless uh, ever in my life. So how did you, how did you work your way through that? What, um, 
What did you find helpful to get you through that time? Well, I could say that it was nothing that I did, um, but it was what the Lord did, um, unbeknownst to us. Um, throughout that time, finances were tight, and my wife happened to be working with um, a Christian woman uh, at a daycare, and her and her husband, her husband who was a pastor, they invited us to come and live in their in-law suite attached to the side of their home. And that was where we are, were living uh, for the majority of that time. And God used this family um, to demonstrate the love of Christ to us in many ways. Um, and through that time that we were going through all this, we were under their roof and alongside of them and constantly in contact with them. And so even though we were pulling away from church, ministry, um, the community that God had placed us in, we found ourselves uh, still in the presence of people that loved Jesus Christ and wanted to pour that love out to us um, in a number of ways. They knew about our struggles. Um, they heard us arguing. Um, they watched me in my state of depression, um, but they were present in our life and they loved on us. And I thought of a passage from John thirteen thirty four. And it says, uh, a new command I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And that passage was something that uh, God impressed upon our hearts through our time living with this family. And the one thing that I could say that helped us pull out of this rut that we were in, this hopeless situation, was this family that loved on us. And they did not try to correct us. They did not try to tell us what we were doing wrong. But they were present in our lives and they were intentional in our lives. And there's a beautiful thing that comes with the, the community of believers that God places us in in various times in our life. And through that community, through the body of Christ, we were able to see the love of Christ um, manifested through them to us in so many ways. Um, whether it be times where they'd say, you guys... Go take a night and we'll watch your, your new daughter. Or, hey, guys, you don't have to pay rent. Um, we know money's tight. Um, or, hey, why don't you guys come down and have dinner with us and just spend time with us. Um, through those ways and many others, um, they just loved on us. And it wasn't that they were great people, but it, they were people that were willing to let Christ work through them to minister to us in that very difficult time. And even though we pulled away from God, God, he placed us in a situation where we couldn't get away from this family. Mm -hmm. And we were we were locked into a situation where we encountered them day after day after day over the course of that year and a half. And we had we, we had to encounter them. And as we encountered them, we encountered Jesus Christ uh, and the love that he has for mankind and how he he came to be with us and. Um, invest in us and save us. Um, and, and he showed us that in that time through this family. So definitely by being around other believers um, and God working through them um, to speak to us, um, that's what pulled us out of that hopeless situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear your story because as I have interviewed others, um, that's one of the themes that often comes up. Um, <clears throat> I know in my own personal story with anxiety and depression, one of the things that I know is 
that's very common is wanting to pull away and just be by yourself, you know? And, um, and here God through, um, sure you need to, okay, we, Bill is, um, okay, there he is. I thought he was stepping away for a minute because someone entered the, his office. So, um, and one of the things that I've, I know I've experienced myself and also in others who have been interviewed is that tendency to want to be by yourself. So here through God's strategic means of offering you free or discounted housing and all kinds of other things, he brings someone into your life who can be that sense of community that you need. And that's, that's very exciting to see. Um, how have you seen this in your in your um, in working with churches, um, do you see churches often as communities of hope, of places where people who struggle can find that, or was that um, that community that you found outside of the church? Do you know what I mean? Yes, um, I think at times uh, through working in church ministry. Um, Sadly, there's times where the church is a place where it's not necessarily safe to bear your struggles. Um, it, it can be at times a place of judgment, but um, but in each place, um, and, and I know people that have experienced that, and people have said, "Well, that's why I don't go to church." Um, but it's been my experience that through each of the churches I've been a part of, or connected to, or um, even you know different people that come from different churches that that I've found a place where there's someone or a small group or a collection of people who they've become a, a source of life for us. Um, they've, they've been a support system, whether it be, oh, we're going to bring you meals when you're sick or we're going to watch your kids so that you guys can go on a date or we're going we're gonna to let you sit here and cry to us because you're just having a rough time. Um, we've, we've found a source of life. Uh, in the people that have come from the various churches we've been a part of over the years. And um, for us, it's been a support system. Uh, even when we don't have all the answers or things seem, uh, we struggle with doubt or questions or wondering what, what God is doing and we're bitter or angry, um, we find, we've find we always been able to find somebody or some group of people um, in these various um, bodies of believers that, they, they're there. They're there to listen, and they're there to allow us to cast our burdens on them, mm-hmm. much like we can cast our burdens on Christ. And again, man, just allowing Jesus to manifest himself through them as they minister to us through their presence and their intentionality in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think one of the things I hear you saying is that, okay, so maybe you not may not be in a church of where it's in, you entirely feel safe. All the time, but the um, the thing that's really helpful is to to seek that out on your own. Yeah. Or if you are at a better place and you would like to see your community of faith become that, then then you just begin to do that on your own. Yeah. And offer that Absolutely. help and support to others. Absolutely. You know, one of the things, um, and I shared this. I forget who I was talking with the other day, but I said, you know, one of the most moving services I ever experienced at Stagecoach Road Christian Fellowship, which is where you guys ended up for a while, 
is the Sunday we witnessed you all being commissioned to head to Quito. Um, it was an amazing, amazing service, and I was very thankful to be a part of that. Can you do a Reader's Digest version here, or maybe a podcast of the Digest version of here, of how you went from that place of where you all were in that pastor's in-law suite or whatever that was, to ending up where you guys are today. How did that, how did, sounds like quite a journey from go to a, going from a place of no hope to being missionaries in Quito. Absolutely. Well, um, speaking of Stagecoach Road, um, at the time that we were living in that in-law suite, um, the woman that my wife worked with um, that brought us into their home, they also worked with um, Pastor Thomas's wife at the same daycare. Okay. And so that was our first connection to um, Thomas and Lauren. And um, through that connection, um, it never really progressed to anything at the moment, but God brought us full circle many years later. Mm-hmm. Moving from that in-law suite, we, um, it was about uh, a little after this time frame where we... We were serving in and out of Camp Palawa, so we, we thought that for sure that God would uh, have me serve there, have us serve there for the rest of our lives. It was a very special place to us, and God had different plans. Um, and so shortly after that time, we received a phone call from a former camper um, that we had invested in over the years. My wife actually led to the Lord when she was a little girl in the youngest program there. And she calls us and says, my church is looking for a youth pastor. Are you looking for a ministry position? And so I said, actually, I've been looking for a ministry position for two years. And nothing has presented itself. And I truly felt in that moment that God was leading through this phone call. And so we pursued um, this lead to a potential ministry opportunity. And then I um, led to a series of interviews and um lessons that I taught uh, before the youth ministry to have them be able to see if I was the person for them. And I was hired. And um, for five years, we served at a youth ministry in Bridgeton, New Jersey, and uh, had a very fruitful ministry there during that time. And um, towards the end of that time, we we hit a place where we were going out on a lot of missions trips. I became the co-chair of missions at the church. And God was really speaking to my heart that it was it was time to step away from youth ministry and um, and answer this call that he's placed on our hearts to, to lead into missions. And so uh, we went through a process of, um, you know, wrestling with God on that and, and why after five years and um, would we step away and step into missions, why this changed. We were happy. Um, we had a, a beautiful home that we had purchased and we, uh, we had all these great relationships with people that we loved dearly and didn't really want to leave. And um, so as we wrestled through that, we came to a place where we, we knew we had to step away. And um, it was a very difficult time. And, and through that difficulty, we, uh, we became, uh, we got to a point where we um, switched uh, where we would attend churches for the remainder of our time in the States. And we came to Stagecoach Road. And it was uh, through a connection with um, the Gassler family and um, this previous connection that my wife had with Lauren working at the daycare 
um, that we came to connect with Thomas and Lauren and, um, and the Gasslers and, and Stagecoach Road Christian Fellowship. Um, and it was around this time that we shared with them that we, we knew we wanted to attend there for the remainder of our time in the country, um, but that we were going to be leaving. And it was this awkward moment of where we were falling in love with um, this, this new church full of people, of wonderful people, um, uh, a people that God ordained to be in our lives for that period of time to uh, help prepare us mentally for what was to come, to prepare us spiritually for what was to come. Uh, they were the right people for the job, and God brought us to them. And it was this awkward moment of where we we were fully involved and fully invested in this church, um, but at the same time knew that it was coming to an end at a definite period of time. And so we were in this state of, we're leaving, but we're here. And what does that mean? And we watched a, an entire congregation circle around us and love on us like we were longtime members of the church, um, but also standing behind us, giving us that push, saying, go do what God's called you to do at the same time. And it was one of the most beautiful pictures of the body of Christ that we've ever seen or experienced. And to, to be able to go through that gave us the preparation that we needed um, and just the surrounded us with joy and love and to set us up for success for what was um, what was next, what God was doing with us next. And so that Sunday that you recall um, was kind of a culmination of uh, a lot of strong emotions, of, of a difficulty in leaving a group of people that we loved, but knowing that this was yet another example of God bringing the right people at the right time to prepare us to do what he's called us to do. Um, and just watching God work through people and through community. That's really been the theme of our journey is community. And as we connect to churches, as we connect to the body of believers at these different places, to watch the exact, watch God's plan unfold through people as he works through them to reach us and prepare us um, and guide us where he needs us to be. So that's kind of our journey is community with uh, the body of Christ. Yeah, very good. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And we certainly do appreciate uh, your mom and your sisters continuing to, <laughs> to be there. And um, she gives, your mom gives us updates on the status of the volcano or other things. And <laughs> I know it's great to see the Facebook pics as they got down to visit with you all yeah. over the holidays too, so... Um, I think we need to put together a, a missions trip and bring some people down. And if there are ways that we could help at some point, that would be great. To, Absolutely. That would be great to do. Well, if you were, um, and I, this may even happen with where you are right now and what you, um, the kind of responsibility you have there at the school. If you were um, faced with, uh, talking with one of the students who, for some reason, had lost hope. What are the kinds of approaches, what are the kinds of uh, things you may consider in trying to offer hope to to that person um, who seems to have, for whatever reason, lost their way? Yeah. Well, the two things that I always focus on um, 
The first one is more of an action rather than maybe a piece of advice. Um, through my own personal experiences of people um, being present in my life and intentional in my life when I am hopeless or experiencing a struggle, um, one of the actions or stances that I take is to be present. Um, as students come to my office and they ask about their futures and what options they have, or I've had kids come in and just break down in tears and say, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know what God has purposed me to do. And a lot of times there's not a lot of words to, to take them out of that immediate feeling of despair. Um, but what I've seen in my own life and what I've seen as I've offered this to others is to be present and to be intentional in someone's life. Um, it, it brings a sense of, um, it brings that, again, I use that word community, but it brings that sense of community to them, that sense of belonging to something or having someone who believes in you and wants to invest in you. And so one of my strategies that I, I try to employ when I approach people who are in a, 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 maybe a moment of despair or a period of time of struggle is to be present in their life and to be intentional, to say, I'm going to meet with you on Wednesday and to follow through and to show them that they're important and that they're worth my time, that they're worth God's time and that he has a plan and a purpose for them and that they have someone that's willing to walk alongside them um, through this despair or this struggle so that they're not doing it alone. I think the big thing that leads people into a path of despair or a path of hopelessness is that they feel alone. Maybe they feel that God is not present in that moment, or maybe they feel that no people are present or nobody loves them or is willing to go through a moment with them. And so I think the biggest thing that I, that I can do that I think brings joy to someone's life is to walk alongside them, um, much like Christ is always walking alongside us. And sometimes we we maybe feel that he's absent, but he's he's very much present. He's there, and um, and he he wants to do life with us. And so, as that manifests itself in my personal relationship with Christ, in in my ministry positions, I think the biggest thing I can do for people in those moments is to walk alongside them, as Christ does with me, and to just show them Christ through my presence and my intentionality in their life. And so that's one thing that I focus on as I work with students or just individuals in the ministry setting um, going through um, struggles. The other thing that I do that um, has been a, a, a resource for me or just a, something I've clung to is um, I always share with people Ephesians chapter 1. Um, and would I be able to just read that? Of course. Sure. Great. Let me just pop open my Bible here. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14 are, um, I would call them my life verse. Um, I've come back to them over and over again as I've experienced struggles. And uh, early on in my spiritual life, um, these uh, pass this passage was impressed upon me to show me my worth and my value and my hope in Christ because of my position in Christ. And I think it's a beautiful passage that reminds us of what we mean to God and why he saved us, and why he redeemed us, and, and how there is hope, um, because he does have a purpose for us. And so I'd like to just read that. It's uh, verses 3 to 14. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, every, uh, blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. What draw, what really attracts me to that passage is all the points in which our value is expressed to God. Um, things like we were adopted, that we were chosen, that uh, we are to the praise of his glory. Um, he takes joy in us and and. And, and, and receives glory in us as we are used for his purposes. And he has such a great and, 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 and wonderful purpose for each of us. And it doesn't always manifest itself in the timing um, or the moments that we want it to. Uh, sometimes we ask for it to, like I did earlier in life when I was seeking that ministry position. Um, but sometimes um, we need to have that patience to, to say, God, I trust you. Um, and I and I believe in your promises. Your promises that I am valuable, that that I am worthy uh, of of you sending your son to die on the cross for us, and that 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 was not done for no reason. It was not void, um, but that you did that because you have a purpose for us, a great love for us, and that there is always hope. Um, and, and while things may not happen in the moments we want them to. Um, as you can see, I'm, I'm here. I'm still married 11 years later. I have two wonderful children. I'm, I'm a full-time missionary working in Quito, Ecuador. God had a plan and a purpose for me that has come to fruition. And while those purposes may be altered as time goes on, he's using me and he sees value in me. And there is hope. And, and I'm living out that hope in Christ um, in this moment. And so while there were times of struggle um, and times of hopelessness, um, I'm currently um, living in a time of, of God's purpose for me in this moment, in this time, um, and his purpose for my family. And so I, I'm, I'm evidence to the fact that while things do seem hopeless at times, there is always hope on the horizon, um, and God has greater purpose for us than we could ever imagine. Um and so I, I share that verse with people quite often because of it reflects us back to his promises and, and just what we mean to God and, and the hope that he has before us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, great. I appreciate you sharing that. You know, as you were sharing that passage of scripture and just uh, thinking <clears throat> back through your journey, it reminds me of uh, one of the books that I'm currently reading, which is Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Tim mm-hmm. Keller. And one of the things he points to is the fact that um, the people that God uses often go through times of 
deep pain and suffering themselves. And that's kind of his, um, it's kind of his preparation process that he takes us through. You know, um, I kind of wish sometimes he would choose a more pleasant <laughs> course. But, um, Amen. Of course, he's, um, he's doing things in us that we would not otherwise learn and, and value and, and be prepared for. So, so thanks for sharing that. Um, we're going to, what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to end here in a minute, but before we do, um, how would our listeners learn more about, uh, the school and, and the ministry there? We will actually include this information in the show notes, but would you like to share with them, uh, a website or uh, a blog. I know if you guys have a blog as well where you update yourself, could you give those addresses for people to find? Absolutely. Um, we have a personal blog um, that is entitled burgersforhim.blogspot.com. And we share periodic updates and pictures of our ministry here in Quito and uh, what God's doing um, in and through us and as we serve him here. Um, we also have a school web website, um, alliance.k12.ec, and uh, that always has uh, our calendar of events and pictures and um, different information on the basic ministries and focuses of the school. Okay. So they can go to either of those sites for information and to stay connected with us. Okay, great. Now, just to clarify, uh, burgers for him, is that the numeral for or F? Yes, it's uh, burgers with an E, not a U. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, mm-hmm. and then him. Okay. Yes. And, and then alliance at K12, or alliance.k12.ec? Yes. Okay. Great. And we'll make sure to have these addresses in the show notes so people okay. can look them up. Hey, it's good to see you. Um, I know our listeners cannot see you, but it's great to see you brother and to connect with you like this we will certainly continue to pray for your ministry and you and becca and the kids thank you so much and look forward to when you'll come back and visit home again yes we are we look forward to seeing you all again very good so thank you very much and we do want to thank our listeners those of you who've downloaded this episode of the podcast As we often share, if you are someone who is currently struggling with anxiety or depression and um, need help or encouragement, as uh, Bill has been sharing, it's important to seek out community in one way or another. We would encourage you, first of all, to reach out to your pastor. If you do not have a pastor, we encourage you to reach out to a local counseling network. One that we highly recommend is CCEF which is the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. And in our show notes, we will have the phone number uh, for that organization. It is in the Philadelphia area, but they have counselors, a network of counselors throughout the country. So make sure to reach out to them. And if you don't find help through that, um, we also will have our email at the Hope Podcast. Um, at gmail.com and we will do what we can to help you. So thank you for downloading this episode. We encourage you to watch for our next episode coming up where we'll have someone else sharing a story. So thank you. And Bill, once again, thanks for being with us today. Thank you.
Okay, have a good day. And we will see you all the next time. Okay.